course, I'm going to start today's show with a shout-out to HonorAthletics.com for becoming our first sponsor. Thanks, guys. Their store, Honor Athletics Martial Arts Supply, is located in Buford, Georgia. If you're close by, stop by. You can order online at HonorAthletics.com and by phone at 770-945-5150. Wildcat Dojo is the coupon code and you know how they work. Mention it on the phone or type it into the coupon code and get 10% off. Thank you, Bernie, for your support. And here's Sensei J. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome back to the program. I'm still Sensei Michelle. Of course, I'm here with Jackie. Hi. And Landon. Hello. And Paula. Hi. If you want Paula's credentials, you're going to have to go back and listen to the podcast on how to pick a dojo. In that, you'll hear all about her. She's awesome. She is. <laughs> and that word, even though it is overused, is appropriate in this case. It certainly is. Thank you very much. And today, we're going to talk about what is the deal with being a sensei. I'm going to start out with the Overlook Martial Arts Dictionary definition, and they simply define it as a teacher or an instructor. Wikipedia is closer with the words, the one who comes before. And my favorite definition I read on a t-shirt that I saw at one of Sensei Keith Teller's tournaments, and this was maybe 12 years ago now, at least. So huge shout out to Sensei Teller. If somehow you end up listening to any of my podcasts, please, please get in touch with me. I can't wait to interview you. And it read, a sensei is simply someone who didn't quit. And that is my favorite definition of a sensei. Finally, the commonly accepted definition is someone who came down this road before you, very much like a parent and We all know how well children pay attention to the years of experience that the parents offer. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was a good little intro right there. (laughs) Anybody want to add into that before we push? I get complete silence. At least I didn't get deer in the headlights look. (laughs) Everybody understands that nobody listens to their parents. And 99% of the time, nobody listens to their sensei. They have to learn it the hard way. Or they ask another sensei. Okay, don't get catty. (laughs) I've often said, if you knew how close you and your sensei were going to become, you'd leave less to chance and you'd pick so carefully. In my memory of anecdotal history, the majority of sensei and student relationships have always seemed like they were meant to be. I agree with that. Definitely. But I have heard of a few stories where it just didn't work out for one reason or another, and then the person tried Within the same system, a different sensei. And did that work out? You know, I have no idea because I don't remember any of them. Like I remember the event and this person left that person and and went to this person, but I have no recollection of who they are. So if you're out there, tell us, right? That's your job, Landon. You should be given the shout out. Let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I shouted out to senseis. So I'm going to start with some input from what they wrote me when I asked them, what's the deal? Sensei Lydia wrote, It's always amazing to see a young student grow into a courteous and disciplined individual who can excel in life utilizing martial arts skills. Boy, that was a grown-up sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You go, Sensei. (laughs) And she's right. It is an amazing process to watch people grow. Oh, yeah. And in the one we talked about first, Sensei Harmon mentioned, and I mentioned, too, about how students come back to you years later. And you had the experience where you saw Sensei Chrissy and, and had that moment where you could finally say with real appreciation, 
I had no idea what I had at the time. Yes, definitely. Okay, speaking of Sensei Jim Harmon, he wrote, For me, teaching karate is about helping people reach a higher level of proficiency in everything they do. If nothing else, instilling a sense of self-confidence in a child will help them immensely as they move forward in life. And it's the same for adults. So, again, he's, you know, right on. Right on. Good Lord, how long ago did I go? Right, like into 1968? (laughs) For that one? Before they were born. (laughs) And by then you mean our entire listening audience. (laughs) Okay, a long time ago I wrote this. When I finally thought about what I was and am trying to accomplish with students in the dojo, including an apology to all the students who trained while I was finding my way, coincidentally, that is still going on, it occurred to me that I might be spending too much time on attempting to go through the motions of what I thought my upbringing was and not enough time letting the person find their own way, which I came to believe and I still believe is the most important thing I can do. Enthusiastically set the table each class with interesting material and let the students, young and old, find their way through the morass that is training start to finish, whether it lasts two years, five years, ten years, or a lifetime. So... That's what I wrote when I finally sat down and started to think about all this. All those years ago. It says here that I wrote this in the 90s. And not being because everybody here, except for me and Paula, who is in black belt testing, but it's interesting to hear how the senseis feel about teaching because you know that they care and that's something that's important. And going back to pick a dojo, you need a sensei who cares about you and who's there for you. And tagging that into Master Collegian, people always used to say, I don't know why his dojos are so successful. I don't know why. And the reason why is because he not only did he physically show up in the room all the time, but he was actually there. He was in the room with you, so caring about what you did. And you knew it. You could feel it. You could sense it. It was a happening thing. And that is what made... Everything that happened at that period in time, just an extraordinary experience. But I want to push on that, Landon. You teach, and you teach one-on-one with us children who are, you know, you're hardly a child anymore, but um, bum bum at the age of 12, he had a birthday. And um, <laughs> you care. I can see it when you teach. I can see it when you come out of a lesson and you come to me and you're like, you know, here's what happened. What are your thoughts? <laughs> right? So what's your take on that? Us, I mean, I feel in, again, tagging along to how to pick a dojo, we, as teachers, you feel like you have a connection to the kid. And even I was working with a kid the other day who, it was his first time being in karate and he was overwhelmed. And I was working one-on-one with him and you could see that he was enjoying it, but wasn't really grasping on with what I needed to get done. And that's a really interesting thing for me to see other kids and younger kids who are coming to karate for the first time and just trying to open them up to new karate things. It was his first time that he was working with somebody and I wanted him to remember that first time that I worked with Landon. He asked me, he said, how did you get a brown belt? And I said, lots and lots of work. Well, I remember that day. And before I add on, I want to say how insightful that whole thing was, Landon. Good grief. 
and he was lucky to have gotten you on his first day. When we set up our workouts for our brand new first day students, we set it up with approximately two to three minutes of work, followed by two to three minutes of game, followed by two to three minutes of work. So the idea that that was too much work for him is hilarious to me. Like in my brain, I'm like, oh my gosh. My general rule of how long is a child's attention span is their age. That's my general rule. Mm. If a person is three years old, they have approximately less than five minutes, but more than two minutes attention span. And then they're going to start to wander, wiggle, touch. Once they're six, they can go under 10 minutes, but over five minutes before they need a game. The group I had last night, we had not a a majority of um, beginners, but we had beginners. And I, I stayed on task under 10 minutes before I moved off and let them wiggle it out a little bit. Because it's very difficult. You have to train yourself. Go to our meditation podcast. (laughs) It's a Wednesday short. You have to train yourself to be focused. And that is something that if you have it, you don't really notice the time going by. And if you don't have it, you have a tendency to go, well, I just can't do it. But under the heading, what you do a lot of, you become very good at through meditation. You can train your mind like you train your, your speech and body posture. And if we can make it fun along the way then that's perfect, isn't it? But I do think that if you want your child to learn and be what we are talking about in this podcast, you have to find a dojo where the sensei believes those things. That's a good point, actually. You want to shape, give the person the opportunity to shape themselves while not taking away from them their individuality. And it's tricky, but totally worth the effort. Okay. Yes. yes. Hey, before we go on, Paula, why don't you tell us about Sensei Harrison? Well, Sensei Harrison is my sensei, and he is a wonderful teacher. He's very patient. Talking about the relationship between a student and a teacher, uh, we have a really cool relationship, and and we consider each other good friends, and uh, he's always there for me in the dojo and outside of the dojo. Uh, And just his teaching style, I really appreciate it, and it really works for me. I think we all agree he's exceptional. Yes, he is. He is. And I, I have no idea what makes him so good with kids, but he is. And he is very much loved by all of his people. So everything you say about him is really true. If he were here, yes. I'm sure he would tell us his viewpoint from. But now you're just going to have to go with that, Sensei <laughs> Harrison. So there. We love Sensei Harrison. Lastly, I'm just really appreciative for, for you, both of you, Senseis, and, and all of the. I feel like it takes a village to... To raise a karate person right, and um, it's just been amazing to have all these wonderful examples and really strong women to look up to, so it's uh, that could be a whole another podcast. Thanks, that's nice. I'm going to jump over to Sensei Tracy, who shared the idea that a sensei goes way beyond the dojo walls, which I think is something that you think about Sensei Harrison. Absolutely. A good sensei is a leader and a mentor. Because martial arts affects every aspect of the practitioner's life. So does the influence of the sensei. They become a rock for the student, and as the student progresses, he or she becomes the same for her or his teacher. That's a really nice sentence. What she's saying is that integrated relationship becomes, it turns itself around very much like an adult child will be so respectful towards their parents and honor them and look after them as well they should. And that is the way the sensei-student relationship can go. All right? Okay. Yes. yes. Moving on from there, in the book Zen and the Art of Archery, which is one of my all-time favorite books, I love this book, Harrigal is the guy's last name. 
mentions that the relationship between the student and the teacher is based on mutual trust and respect. And I think that speaks to everything we've been saying. Correct? Yes, definitely. So now I'm reminded of a note that I made in the Kicks with Kids series where I wrote, years from now, when the student hasn't seen you or the dojo in 20 years, he or she won't remember very much about the actual karate, but they will always remember you. Your influence will travel with them for the rest of their life. What a responsibility that is. And I think you spoke about that, um, Paula, when you spoke about Sensei Chrissy. Yes, it's completely true. You don't know what kind of impact you're going to have on somebody. And yeah, I remembered her all those years, 25 plus years. and Vividly. Absolutely. And it was amazing to be able to see her later, uh, you know, me being an adult. It's just a really special, special thing. Sensei Yoli came at it from a completely different angle. You guys might find this helpful. I found it helpful. She says, being a sensei is spontaneous and diversified. There is not a specific time to be a sensei. In addition, there are a diversity of strategies to use with different situations. And that's really a good, a good aspect to look at it from. Like that speaks to what you were saying, Landon, about how when you're with somebody, you just have to adapt right in the moment because they need your adaptation. Us, definitely. It's personalized to the person. And it makes you be in the moment. Also, I would like to add that we do spend a lot of time allowing our children to be individuals and our adults. But I put specific time into teaching my children. Once they're at about two stripes, we start this as a conscious effort. How to become a group and how to work as a group. This week, Sensei Jackie took five weapons people. And they had to work as a group. And it wasn't their first time doing it, but it's very hard for them to adapt because we do spend a lot of time letting people be individuals, which both things are important. Yes. Yes. Okay, guess what? It says right here, Hey, Sensei Jackie, you want to read your own? (laughs) Sure. Okay, there you go. From the day I received my black belt, I have loved being a sensei. It is one place in life where I can say I did the work and earned it even though I've had so much help along the way. I have to be a positive example for my students and try to guide them to take responsibility for their actions, as well as help them to keep both old and new karate concepts fresh. Each day presents new challenges for which I am thankful. It is an honor to not only grow older, but also to attempt to grow in wisdom. That was excellent. Okay, and finally... From the voice of our opening, Sensei Jay, Wildcat Dojo Conversations, he says, and you know I can't do his voice, so I shouldn't try. The last time was humiliating enough. To me, a sensei is someone who works to be remembered as a good human being, not just a good fighter. Wow. That's the essence right there. Isn't that a nice closer? Oh, yes. Definitely. Okay. So in the last two podcasts where we went over Pick a Dojo, and we, where we're going over, what's the deal with being a sensei? What we try, what we really hope that we've helped accomplish here is if you're a non-karate person and listening to this podcast has made you think about looking into dojos, now you know kind of what you're looking for. When I was a young student in karate, there was a huge chasm between the student and the sensei. They worked a lot in sarcasm. They were very separated from the student. There was no discussion with the student after class ever under any circumstances. And that changed so much over time. 
And even within the context of my training years, that changed. I think that there are people who are still training who think that is a weakness, but I don't see it as a weakness because I think the in the bottom line, you have to remember at the beginning of this, we said it's just somebody who came down this road before you. They have the wisdom of years of experience, but they are nowhere near perfect. It's just a person who's working hard, and that is a cool thing. That is a cool example to watch somebody who's a hard worker and who helps you become your own version of that. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah, totally. All right. Let's go last words on this one before we do our goodbyes. Paula, do you have anything to say about becoming a sensei and that responsibility? Are you looking forward to it? That's a great question. That's a really great question. Uh, Side note, Landon, you are wise beyond your years. Thank you. <laughs> Ever since I met Landon. Thank you. We always say that. Been, it's, it's wonderful. Thank um, you. Yeah. Yeah, that is a great question. I think um, in some ways it's scary because I think of it as like the death of one part of my life and the beginning of, of a new life. Um, the learning will never stop. It's just going to be a little bit different, but I'm very much looking forward to it. It's something that... Um, I always knew I would accomplish, so for it to be this close, it's really exciting, and because I've been a music teacher for so long, and that's a huge passion of mine, I love to teach, to be able to teach now in a totally different realm is very exciting to me. It's also a challenge because it's different than teaching music, you know, music is something that I, I've done for so long, this is, it's just a different way of of teaching. The ability to teach is there. It's learning and growing and and being able to get the the information out the right way. A lot of the skills in music teaching transfer to karate in a lot of ways. Uh, You know, Landon mentioned trying to adjust so that someone can understand because you cannot teach everyone the same way because everyone does not learn the same way. So I I think I'm, I'm looking forward to those challenges. It's really exciting. It's first days. Excitement and anticipation mm-hmm. and anxiety. We love us. it. To and me, the, and the key like, is to push right on through to the actual event. Go ahead. What is it? To you? me, it's very, it's very interesting the way that you look at it. I'm going to tag on to your conversation here, Paula, and say, as the years passed, Master Collegian would speak for quite a long time about how every person learns differently, and it's the sensei's job to find out how does this person learn? What words do I need to use here? And oftentimes when I'm working with a person at black belt level, I'll say, tell me what's going on in your mind because that's the word I'm going to use for you when we are trying to accomplish this moment because those moments can, like a beginner, they can be individualized even though you're a beginner at a a whole new level. So I think what what you're saying and what Landon brought up is not a new thought, but it is a rare thought. It isn't a super common teaching skill. Whether we're talking about musical teachers, whether we're talking about school teachers, don't you love the ones that can really make the subject come to life for you? No, definitely. It makes you grasp onto it and really understand. And want to. The desire is there. And that's and to keep going. Exactly. That's what I, I like it when I walk out of a classroom wanting to know more. Yeah. And I like it when the teacher evidently cares about the student, the information, and about the the whole subject. It makes for just an unbelievable learning experience. And just for the record, we are in no way, shape, or form dissing any teachers. 
We love no. teachers, and we think yeah. it is a very underrated, underpaid job, mm-hmm. and teachers should be rock stars. Teachers Us. are rock stars. They, are. they just don't get the good publicity. Or the pay. Or the pay. <laughs> I didn't want to say it, Sensei, but uh, that is very true. Well, sure. it's not a secret. <laughs> no, it's not. Everybody knows it. All right, guys. This was fun. This was very fun. Yes. And and didn't we learn some new things? I did. Us. And I want a, th- a shout out to all the senseis who sent me in some notes about their view. And furthermore, if you were a sensei and I didn't write out to you, please let us know uh, at Dojo Conversations at AOL.com, on Facebook at Wildcat Dojo, and on our webpage at WildcatDojo.com. We want to hear what you think a sensei is. We're absolutely interested in that. So a good fit to the end of this is if you don't mind reading, I have a blog spot at kickswithkids.blogspot.com, and it's all about it's essays, all about teaching children. Just every kind of problem you can think of and more is in there. And if you want your essays in a, a more cohesive order, you can order a book called Teaching Children, Karate and More by me, Michelle Darbro, at Amazon.love. <laughs> Could have been by someone else. I talk about other people's books at Amazon.com. And it's a, like I say, it's just a little cohesive book that has all the essays in it written out with pictures so that you can tackle some of the most difficult things about being with kids day in and day out. I walked into a school the other day and the owner of the school said to me, you know the best thing about having you walk in? And I said, no, what? And he said, you're fresh and we all need a five minute break. And I said, that is so true. Mm -hmm. Totally true. Right? So please, if you have the time, it's free to go on the blog spot, read it over, give us some feedback on it. Thank you all so much for being here. Landon, why don't you start out the goodbyes today? I really enjoyed this conversation, and I hope that you join us for more. Now, I really enjoyed today. Uh, it's my second podcast ever, uh, and I'm, I'm really happy to share it with, with everyone here. It was such a pleasure being with everyone during, these po- during this podcast, and I uh, wish you all a good week. Don't forget to visit honorathletics.com and use Wildcat Dojo in the coupon code for your 10% discount. And with that, I'm signing out till next week.